It's the um, second episode of Tax Season on Loudspeaker Network on iTunes. You can also catch me out on SoundCloud, man. I appreciate all the love everybody been showing me. Make sure you motherfucking um, give me a review on SoundCloud and I mean on um, iTunes and also rate me so they can put me on a higher spot. If you don't want me to be homeless, you know what I mean? Do that for me. You know what I mean? So we could um, get shit popping. Today is a um, special day. It's not It's not a regular um, tax season show. I'm not doing any um, show with a guest host, with a guest female. Today I'm doing a... Um, I'm doing an interview today with one of my um one of my idols, one of the dudes that that raised me, one of the dudes I looked up to for years, one of the dudes that I inherited principles from. You know what I mean? A great dude, man, by the name of um Pee Wee Kirkland, Harlem's finest. You know what I mean? One of the one of the very f- one of the very few respected dudes from Harlem back in his um back in his day where, you know, I guess Harlem really got his name for being what it was, you know what I mean? This is one of the dudes that stepped out and, you know, didn't cooperate with law enforcement and, and you know, just held his own and just was a strong man and just, and he taught so many others real principles and shit like that, things of that nature, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just grateful to know the dude and, and just to know that he, he taught us so much shit, you know what I mean? We here today with um, Pee Wee Kirkland, man. Pee Wee, what's up, man? Everything good, man. And you know, Tex, I'm just listening to you because, see, the reality is, is I don't have no life without guys like you because mm-hmm. that's what my life is. You know what I mean? I mean, I survived things I never should have survived, prison sentences that was really death sentences. Yeah. There's no way I was supposed to get out of it. How are you going to send me? I'm an American citizen to the borderline of Mexico to prison, and I'm supposed to survive. Nobody's able to Mexican mafia. But you see, God is good, and it's only one God in the world. That's God a fact. You alive. can't stop God. No. Pee Wee, Pee Wee taught me a lot. Like y'all don't even know. Like Pee Wee, he been through the mud. Like this dude has seen the shine. He's seen the grind. He's seen the shade. He's seen everything you could possibly think of. So like, even when I did things that Pee Wee told us not to do, and I went through them, I eventually realized like, listen, Pee Wee was right because he been through them. You know what I mean? And you know, see, that's what's up. See, and that's all it is. You know, with young people, that's why I never give up on no young person nowhere in America. And, you know, I'm all over all states. You know, Pee Wee, my son, Sydney, he's always surprised. We ran to a kid out of Chicago just recently, and he was, what's the name, Pee Wee? Don C. And he said, oh, man, that's Pee Wee Kirkland over there. And he came over. He said, man, somebody said it was you, man. I just had to meet you, man. Pee Wee, you don't know. And I said, tell Pee Wee how they feel about me in Chicago. He said, Pee Wee, you don't know. Everybody love you. Because everybody love a real G. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that and, and when you say you can't do what you do about God, no, you what you can kill is God's will. And when mm-hmm. something becomes God's will, it overpowers everything. See, ticks, and I help all kind of youngsters. I don't care where you're at. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you, you're a general in a gang. I don't care if you're a shooter. I don't care if you're an intern. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you run the streets, I'm going to be there for you. But see, ticks as a kid, ticks was different. You know, what youngsters are doing in the streets now, Tex was doing back then. He had that, At that a very fire, young age. That fire inside him. You know what I mean? When you, everybody was talking and Tex was turning up. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> of him. <laughs> all the way up. All the way up. Why are we having this conversation? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? But see, when I saw Tex, I understood. I felt sorry to people around Tex. 
<laughs> and when I say the people around y'all don't, take, like, he talk about tax he been calling me tax for as long as always, I knew him always. he the only right. person to call me tax and my name is tax for years and like he, and he said that when I first said it <laughs> yeah. you see but because what I'm is him that's what I'm talking about it's just spirits it's fire and back then I the guys I was around him I feel sorry for them because I knew when the bad decisions came they was gonna get it and not be able to handle it but I knew he'd be able to handle the decision the question is, when you deal with somebody like him, is where's that line that he eventually in his life draw? Yeah. And will he draw that line before he's carried across that line in a box? Before before we go too far, I just want to introduce y'all to Pee Wee correctly. Pee Wee is a Harlem basketball street legend from the Rucker. He scored hundreds of points in the Rucker. He's played against some of the best basketball players you could think of. He was drafted to the Chicago Bulls. And he denied they draft. He didn't want to draft to them because he felt like he couldn't make enough money with them in the NBA as far as that he was making in the street. And Pee Wee is a legend. Like Pee Wee is Pee Wee is a dude of stand up principle that like actually stood through his principles through everything he'd been through, from actually being a street ball legend to being a person that could play in the NBA and denying it. You don't know too many people that would have denied the National Basketball Association and say, yo, listen. I make more money in the streets and I I could do more in the streets for my family than I can with the NBA. And he was one of those people. You know what I mean? He was also a street philanthropist before we even knew what philanthropist was. I've seen dudes come up to Pee Wee at funerals at different events and cry and say, Pee Wee gave me cars with $45,000 in the trunk and 60,000 hand just did numerous things and like that's just another reason why I look up to this dude because he had no point he had no reason to do anything for anybody he didn't have to you know what I mean he was already respected he was already well known he was renowned everybody you know looked up to him and, and you know just certain things he didn't have to do and he still did it and that's why see it's not the money you I make in the him. game it's the money you get back and that's what see people don't remember you in their lifetime or in their legacy, from what you did in your life, they remember you for what you did in their life, how mm. you impacted their life. That's the difference. And as from as a kid, as a millionaire, 16, 17 years old, just giving back. Just everybody wanted to start a business. Just let me know, and I give you half the money, and half the profit is mine. You see what I'm saying? Any kids wanted to go to college, no problem. Any community centers, trophies, whatever it was. Because you can't be in a game, and I understood the game. But you can't be in the game making millions and think it's about you. It's not about you. It's about every problem around you. And no matter what kind mm-hmm. of problem people brought to me, I was able to deal with it. See, I never followed no trends. See, the mafia was there. And I'm one guy that they had all the respect in the world for. Exactly. Every one of them. See, and it was very. What few. was their relationship with the mafia exactly? Well, the ones that understood how the game was played, we had a great relationship. The ones that didn't understand our game was played, we had no relationship. Mm. And now those were the ones that thought snitching on a black person wasn't snitching. Mm. See, so it, the buck stopped with them right there. You see how racism, racism even even made its way in the, into the gangster world. Into the gangster world because of... Mafia dudes thought they couldn't even... If telling on a black person was regular, it wasn't nothing to do. And then, and then when you ran into the young mafia that came rebel against the old mafia... In the, in the name to mention is Gotti. Gotti mm-hmm. wasn't about that. Gotti was about a snitch is a snitch, no matter who you are. You see yeah. what I'm saying? 
So the crew right under him, me and him was real close, and, and the bond between them will go to our grave. Yeah. The government been trying to find out for years, for the last, what, 40 years, the names of people that they felt like I was associated with because they looked at me as the wall between them and the mafia. Mm-hmm. But they're going to look at that wall for the rest of their life, you know, just gonna turn <laughs> from casket to casket, casket till I'm gone. Real shit. Because it's never going to be repeated. And and, I, and the thing is, Tex knows I don't glorify the game. Don't at all. Never, ever glorify the game because I don't want to see no young person in the game. I was the first young person in the, in that game, mm-hmm. in that life. That made millions. And once it hit me in the top of my head, the mistake I made and how the, it hurt everybody because going to prison with me. It was, I mean, I, some I had more fun in prison than some of the schools I went to. It was a me in prison was almost like a natural thing or a second home, whatever you want to call it. You see, so I didn't. But when I saw what was going on in prison, I saw young kids yeah. that that uh that they couldn't handle it. One kid I remember I was going on a visit, and when I he came to me because he came from Lawton in Washington D.C. said, "P, this they say if I hang around you, I'm gonna be all right." I said, "Yeah, you be all right." But I was going on a visit. I said, when I come to visit, we walk through the child hall. After that, you're good. When I came to visit, they had hung him. I mean, I mean, 15 guys had raped him. And that night he hung himself. Because, and I know other young kids that got raped, but they live with the rape. He couldn't live with it. See, everybody can't live with everything. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's what I begin to realize, you know, that this prison thing, it takes a certain type of animal to be in a certain kind of person to be able to understand, accept that kind of life and then not have his toe. I mean, yeah. you guys are looking at me in the studio right now. I look like we're in a prison. No, I look like I've been to Florida somewhere, or California <laughs> on the beach. Yo, Pee Wee, Pee Wee got the same fro. Listen, <laughs> Pee Wee got the same motherfucking fro. His hairline better than mine. Listen, Pee Wee is 70 something years old, man. 70. The next. How uh, old are you, Pee Wee? 70. 70. Yeah. He'd be 70 in May. This is one of the dudes that raised me. I just need, I just need y'all to know that. And this dude had the same hairline. I ain't got no hairline. I'm, a, I'm explaining. This was box time that did this to my hairline, though. This was Southport. This was Green S Block, Mid State S Block, Upstate S Block, um, Danamora, New York. For all the dudes that been to prison upstate New York, they understand what I'm talking about. And the sad, the sad thing about it is that Pee Wee was in my life before I even went to prison. So no, he always Tex, was teaching us the way. But Tex, that's not the sad thing. That's the good thing. See, because what happened was you didn't realize it then, but I realized. That's mm-hmm. why I would never back now. I was planting them Jews. That's now I did, you the one that's got to figure out when the day come. You say, man, that Pee Wee. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I did. That's, that's, that's what the what fuck I'm, happened. That's exactly yo, what I'm I saying. I sat there. Yo, I sat there night to myself, and I said, this motherfucker Pee Wee had it figured out the whole time. That's it. Because that's it. you re- sometimes you have to actually go through you things go through in order it. to understand them, and that's why I preach so much, and I want people to know. Like, and I and I preach sometimes because I want people to go back and be like, damn, tax was right. And it's because of what Pee Wee taught me. Like, Pee Wee taught us from young everything. He told us, I remember we had a crew. We was the um, barbarian gang. And he said, listen, um, y'all could be the barbarians, but take gang off of it. And I'm like, there it is. and I didn't understand it. I'm like, why? And he like, because once you put gang on it, it's federal now. Once they see two or three more people hanging around and they got on a shirt to say gang, you're a gang now. Yeah. You're not a music crew. Now, meanwhile, we was a music crew just trying to do music, but the police turned us into a gang. Organized and it was crime. like, we never was a fucking gang, but they organized turned us into crime. organized crime. That's and Pee Wee right. dropped this jewel on us for so many years, it just was embarrassing to get caught up in it, knowing that he told us about this shit for almost five years straight. P 
Pee Wee is responsible for a lot. For anybody that know me in high school and going through my teenage years, Pee Wee was the reason that we had 17 furs on. You know, <laughs> Pee Wee had us in an abundance of furs. Before this mink fur, like this whole fur epidemic that's going on in New York yeah. City with all the rappers wearing all the furs, we had furs in abundance. And this is 2004, 2005. This is when R. Kelly was coming out with mink jerseys. We was wearing mink jerseys. The first time I ever met the Clips, Pusha T, and Malice was through Pee Wee. You know what I mean? The first people, the, the dudes that said, um, you know, legend in the game, like I'm Pee Wee Kirkland. The first dudes to talk about him, like, you know, dudes that hip-hop that glorified him because of his actions and what he stood for. Like, well, Pee Wee is one of the only dudes in Harlem that, that stood up. Yeah, see, one, and, 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 and see, the thing about it, and because of that, I mean, when you say stood up, we talk about, yeah, I mean, they know I'm going to electric chair at the time, doing the boogaloo, doing a dance. Mm-hmm. That's how committed I was to the game. You understand what I'm saying? Death before the sauna. And that meant everything in the world to me because the game did. But then later on in life, I started hearing them voices of people who was in my head like I was in Texas. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden I started saying, you know what? When do you win this here? And then that's when I figured out you don't win. And you know why you don't win? Because I got guys right now that I used to associate with. I mean, young guys in the game that I love to death. I mean, we stood, I mean, I was, my first case, I was the guy who was the only person who got busted. Nobody else got busted. How many years did you do? 11 years. All together. And then I, that, uh, the last time, remember they indicted my mother for tax yeah, evasion. Yeah, like 17 or some shit. The together. same case they gave Al Capone, mm-hmm. network tax case, they only gave it to Al Capone and me. So they indicted her, two grand jurors. They couldn't come up with evidence. So they said, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to. I said, no, you're not going to do nothing. For y'all that don't understand what Pee Wee case was, Pee Wee had tax evasion. Yeah, but it wasn't a regular tax evasion. It Mm -hmm. was a net worth tax case. They only gave it to me and Al Capone Mm -hmm. because that's when they they don't have. I'm going to have a tax case. I have a job. (laughs) I'm going to owe you taxes. For what? But they gave the net worth tax case, and that's what they did with me. And as a result, I'm giving me that case. You know, with nobody gone, I'm not going to take a chance to see Mom Dukes go to prison. That's how, you know, my lawyers was the same lawyers got here at mm-hmm. uh, Shargell and them. And I told him, I said, look, here, I understand what you're saying, Shargell, but do you want to be the person looking in my face if what you're telling me go wrong? And they looked at me and said, I understand what you're saying, P. He called a day and I just told him I plead guilty. He said, you can't plead guilty, P. because you're pleading to 11 account indictment, which is 55 years. I said, you call the DA, let me years. do the 55 years. And that's why I said God, because the DA got on the phone, assistant DA, and she said on the phone with him on one end, well, you know what we're going to do? If he pleads guilty, he's got to plead guilty to 10 years. I mean, I almost fell out of my chair. 10 years. I'm ready to do 10 you years. You almost pulled the shuck right. He almost you know faded in the chair. That's right. Y'all laughing years. at Shug. What? We almost did the same thing. Because I'm so, I'm like committed to the 55 because I don't want to see my mother do five days. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, and then once they agreed, what I did was when she got phone, I said, call her back and tell her to put on the calendar. Because, you know, I know the law. Mm-hmm. See, once they put on the calendar, they can't change it. And went to Vegas, and then I found out they was trying to fire after that. <laughs> when they <laughs> found out the mistakes she had made. So I yeah. just did that 10 years. And after that there, like I said, I I mean, the you know, it did. You had Pee Wee talking about 10 years. Like, that shit is three weeks. No, right? because guess what? <laughs> when I went to the, because t- I know. How they saw me, and I know they know who, why they, how they want bad, they want to break me. So what I did was I said, "Don't 
call me to go to nobody's uh, parole. Mm-hmm. No parole. I'm not going to parole board. Tell the parole board I hit me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to hit me. I'm doing the time. Now, when it came time to go halfway house, I'm not going to nobody's house but my house because that's how I saw it. I said, if you keep me a day longer, then I'm suing you. But if you let me go the day before, we're good. And that's how I want to do it. But now I knew when I did that, that I did, I did it more for the life ahead of me because I didn't want to see young people go through what so many young people around me was going through because everybody's not ready for that type of life. Prison life is not for every kid. It's not for every young person. That's you see what I'm saying? Because once you get involved with it, because me, I mean, my daughter's graduations, I was never there. I was there more for him. And his crew, and I was my family. You see what I'm saying? Their birthdays, I was never there. That's I mean, I'm they living in homes and houses with, with elevators in them and things like that. But guess what? That don't mean nothing. On Christmas, you know your daughter wants? She wants your father home. That's a fact. When she get home, she wants to say, That's hey, another Daddy. reason why I discuss I just, people, you know, like on social media, like I'm like known on social media and I speak to a lot of people and, and I say a lot of shit about certain women that, that do certain things. And it's like I always bring in the father subject. Yeah. Like if this woman had a father... Would she move the way she move? And a lot of people look at me as like, oh, he's judgmental and he's saying this. But it's like, it's a fact. With certain with certain men figures in your life, you won't do certain things. No doubt about it. Listen to what he's saying because, you know, I mean, I impact everybody's lives. Everybody, I mean, thousands thousands of people. I'm everywhere because I, I don't know. People call me middle of the night and furious call me. First time I said, man, I feel like blowing my brains out, Pee-wee. I said, all right, man. Let Yo, me what's up you. with Furious, man? He's good. Tell Furious I said my love. Yo, That's Furious, right. man, what's but up, But now man? watch Furious. Watch, watch what flipped him. He ended up, you know, because Furious was a hard rock. He ended mm-hmm. up going to, to, was supposed to go to Virginia to make a move. Yeah. He don't go from saying, from listening to me saying, Furious, you got to make up your mind. You can't be both. You can't be, you can't be a soldier guard and making those moves. Make up your mind. You can't be both. Yeah. He don't go. He find out the next day, everybody in the apartment, they come in and kill everybody. Wow. The next day, I, Furious came to school to skills that Sunday mm-hmm. with Soldier Guard tattooed across his whole back and down his arm, and that was it. School of Skills. School yeah, of Skills is a, um, is a basketball camp that um, Pee Wee Kirkland runs and with Nike and shit like that. And he just like had a lot of kids come through there, show them ball skills, and just treat them regular life lessons. And that's like one of the first things that I went to. I never was a sport player. And that's what everybody know about me. So that's why even being attached to Pee Wee, people was like, how the fuck you got attached to Pee Wee? You don't play ball. Yeah. Because I never played ball, but I was a fucking goon. You know that's what right. I mean? So. Yeah, goon. What do you say? No, he was. I remember fucking Pee Wee. Yo, we went to a fucking school <laughs> of scale shit one day. And Pee Wee, I'm sitting next to somebody's mother. And Pee Wee tells everybody in the fucking shit, you know, Tack shot somebody last night. And I'm like. Yeah. yeah what that's the right. fuck? Hey, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> looking at America's worst nightmare. And that's reality. You understand what I'm saying? Because I knew the potential. See, a lot of guys be in the game, but they in the game, they like, they did dilly dally dilly. Then you got guys in the game that's serious about handling their business. And Tex was one of those guys. And because he was one of those guys, see, I was so glad to find out about him being on the radio. You know why? Because, see, he, he don't understand his power like I do. He don't understand. He... he if he's going to connect with it, and when he connect with God willing, you understand what I'm saying, that he don't stop doing what he's doing, that he just smooth it down because they're going to try to 
keep him from reaching certain crowds and certain people, you know. Yeah, so they you, trying that now, hating sure. ass old motherfuckers, yeah, you see y'all? Sure, because they know that young people want to listen to what you have to say. They know that young, he's what he is is he's relatable. Young people can listen to him and say, man, he's talking our talk, man. Yeah, we understand, wait. Because he understands, he lived it, he breathed that's, it as a young That's what person. makes me love you so much because you instilled it in us so young that I'm getting it still young. I'm not that old. I'm turning 30 this year, but believe me, there's dudes who don't get this shit until they 60. You hey, know what I mean? Hey, hey, hey. So, dudes that don't get this, period. It, period. That's it. They don't get it, you know. Yeah. They just, it, it, they just go through life and they never get it, you know. They go to the grave with it. They don't get it. Yeah. So what he figured out at his age... I mean, he's so far ahead of the game, it's almost unbelievable. Because that's all it is, the game. You got to learn how to play the game to win the game. And now he knows how to play the game on that side. See, but you can't be, you can't play the game inside the game because that means you're in prison. You got to play the game outside the game. Because when you're in prison, everything you do, everything you say, the only thing you don't control is what you think. And that's when you get out of prison, then you begin to understand his power impacting other people's lives because it'll go from what you're doing now it'll go to tv it'll go to writing things in magazines it'll go where you want to take it because yeah. he has a phenomenal gift to give he reminds me of like a, a young myself the only difference in me and him right now is when education became a reality with me in the beginning so therefore I became like a word master, so I could do shows with Cornell West and 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 Calvin Butch and them, and they can't talk over my head. Everything they're saying, I you know what yeah. I mean. I'm well aware of it, so I, I can go to White House. I can be. I can. But that's I something can, I learned young from you. That's that's one thing I learned. I learned to always be um, fundamental with education, like just you self-teaching it. yourself. Yeah. Because Pee Wee was so sharp. I remember just sitting around different dudes. And him speak to people, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, and just I I seen these people leave the car, and you could tell that they didn't feel self because he spoke so much knowledge that they were just trying to soak up the shit he said, and they didn't even understand half the other shit he said. They were just trying to soak up the knowledge part of it, and that's what always made me look up to Pee Wee because Pee Wee always had jewels for us. It didn't matter what, even when he knew we was doing wrong in the street. He he still embraced us, That's but right. had jewels for That's us. Right. You know what I mean? Look at pay per view. Yeah. I shocked them to death when I told pay per view. I said, pay per view, gang don't matter to me. You can be in the gang, don't mean you have to bang. That's a fact. He looked at me, and I mean, we was doing an interview on Twenty Fifth and he's walking with the lady from we was doing Yes Magazine, and he's telling her while we walking on Twenty Fifth Street, he said it's easy for me to shoot people as it was to shoot hoops, and she looked at him like it was shock. But the reality is this same youngster is doing great now, got a business now, got a family now, got kids now, because I just made them understand. See, I'm never going to tell somebody to not be real That's with somebody who's real to them. You see what I'm saying to you? So I'm not going to say don't be real to the people who felt you, fed you when you was a kid. I mean, when I spoke for the NBA at giving the best presentation to the NBA rookies for years and years and explained to Iverson that. Look here, there's a Fortune 500 company, kid. You understand know what I'm saying? You That's can crazy because he said Iverson, and I remember the first time I ever met Iverson's mother 
was with you in Virginia. That's right. I think she crashed a Rolls Royce or some shit in the parking lot <laughs> of the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did. She did. Coming this, to the restaurant. This yeah. the, like, the stories I got with Pee Wee is just so infinite, like, that I can't remember until we just start speaking about shit. Like, he he showed us so much. You know what I mean? Like, the first time I met Big Tigger or some shit. Yeah, there you go. Was Big through Pee Wee sure, sure, sure. in Virginia. And I realized the bitches treated Big Tigger like he was Cam at the time. You know, Cam was a fucking legend back then. Yeah. The, all the girls thought Big Tigger looked like Cam. They was like, Cameron! And chasing this motherfucker. He was in a fucking um, Rolls Royce. I don't even think Phantoms existed at the time. Yeah. Phantoms was not out. And they was chasing Big Tigger at Hampton University in a, in a, in a motherfucking um, uh, Rolls Royce. I don't know what it was, but they was chasing his ass. And Jim Jones. It was just shit. Yeah, Jim Joe. Like, shit. All these people I learned from. <laughs> oh. I met these dudes from Pee Wee. I was 15 years old. Yeah, remember? Remember? It, it, was, it was hard to remember. Remember at School of Skills, running around School of Skills was uh, the rapper? Oh, no, not um, Jim French? I'm French. We met French, yeah. I met French because of Pee Wee. And with the rap, I said, look at man. Keep your day job. And then I started helping him with the DVDs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cocaine City. And all of a sudden, he blew up in New York. And he became the the number one DB guy. DVD guy. You know, but the French one. Yeah, but that's right. And that's the whole thing. See, you you could be there for different people for different reasons. Now, French wasn't him. So, French could go another direction. See, he had to go. Like, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. He had to go in that in that direction because his spirit, that fire, you know what I'm saying? And he can go in that direction and can survive it. A lot of the rappers, they was they, you know, a lot of them wanna be who he was, but they was that in the music. And this is what I was trying to explain to you rapper niggas, to, to just touch on that point. Chill the fuck out. You're not me. Be happy. <laughs> Be happy with who the fuck you are. Right. Be happy. Listen, I joke a lot and shit like that, but it's all the way serious on this side. Because they're not trying to do the bid. Yeah, you, you see don't what I'm wanna, saying? You don't want to have to go through there. nothing. They want to be there. And, and they want, yeah, they want to go through it in the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in the music? On air. Yeah, you, you don't want to have to go through it physically. No. no, they don't. Or mentally. No, they don't. And it's more mentally draining than anything. And, and there's a couple of them, and I know the ones that's really real, you know what I mean? But but, but the most of them, they just it's keep it in the music. You see what I'm saying? Everybody... Respect y'all. We know it's a generation of young people that that want y'all to be millionaires. That love y'all. And we respect that there, but keep it in the music, because the other side is not good. And they and most of them are really not built for that. You know, mm-hmm. I hate to see this kid out of Brooklyn. Yeah, that one I met at uh, in Vegas at the yeah Bobby Smurder. I met him there. You know what I mean? It, nice young. He said Pee Wee. Wow, man, got nothing but respect for you. Then I figured. Then I told Pee Wee. I said you got to be careful. Because he's a target right now, you know? And I wished I was still there just to snatch him away from that to let him see what was about to happen. Yo, listen, not to cut Pee Wee up. Pee Wee is a real dude. Like, I've been in criminal situations, you know what I mean, where Pee Wee called judges up to help me, you know what I mean? (laughs) In certain situations. Like, you don't understand the extent of my relationship with this dude. It's like, it's, it's way deeper than just interviewing him, you know what I mean? Like, he played a major part in my life and my survival in my in my whole just being free you know what i mean yeah, yeah because in my my mother and father was good but guess who what i needed i needed a father in the streets not in the house exactly and that's what i try to be the text them in the streets in texas right but i why can i call them judges because i helped them mm-hmm. so some of them supreme court judges i helped them with problems that's with their children 
because I help all kids, bar race, creed, of color. You know what I mean? I'm just in the hood where, you know, hood going to get it the worst, the fastest, and that's where I'm at. And a, par- and a part of, like, the last shit that I was talking about on the last show where I was talking about racism, it, come, it also comes from Pee Wee. It comes from just being a man. When you're a man, it's certain things that can't move you. No. You're not going to allow nobody to say slanderous words to you towards your race and it affect you and, and cause you to do something to them to put you in jail because it only makes you stupid in the end. You know what I mean? So when I say a lot of shit that I get, it, it stems from Pee Wee Kirkland. I want y'all to blame him. Yeah, that's Blame right. Pee Wee. That's right. Blame Pee Wee Kirkland. Like, this is one of the dudes that raised me. Like, and he taught me to have such self-confidence and believe in yourself to the point that where other people can't even affect you with words. If you don't respect you, nobody else can respect you. If you don't respect the words you say, nobody else can respect them. Everything you say with your words is a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. If you speak on it, you should be willing to die on it. You see what I'm saying to you? Exactly. And when people can pick that up from what you're saying, that's what connects with people. And everything Texas saying, he's not saying nothing to glorify himself. Everything he's saying is trying to keep that next young kid from making mistakes he did. And some of them are older than Texas, and Texas is trying to tell them too. Look, you don't want to be on that side. Stay yep. on the side you're on. And this, it, look at, if we look at the greatest society, look at prison proposition. It's more young people, uh, young people in America in prison right now than all industrialized countries in the world put together. So what does that tell you? It's a business. I mean, the government are not building prisons no more. You know who's building prisons? Corporations. They they got a, they have a, a bond mm-hmm. where people become a millionaires from arresting kids 13, 14, 15 years old. Something's got to change. And nothing's going to change other than people like this youngster right here going on air. You see what I'm saying? And people connecting what he's saying. Because what young people got to understand is, is, the, is, the, is the drug game. That's the oldest illusion on the planet Earth. Fact. And we keep going for it, going for it. And I went for it. And you know what we tell ourselves? Yeah, man, I'm going to make moves and something's going to change. You know what changes? Your address from where you live to prison. <laughs> Yo, I want to touch on this. What people, don't, what people don't understand, what, what people don't understand about, about selling drugs or doing crime is you have to be prepared for all battles. And when I say all battles, I mean every battle that comes to you. I mean from drug dealers wanting to kill you to police wanting to kill you to police wanting to arrest you. You understand? And that's why I tell people so much, like, be who you are. Because we a, a real gangster, a real G is going to accept you for who you are. No G is going to want you to be the dude with sagging pants and the tough dude on the corner. Unless that's you. No dude is going to want you to be geek squatted um, at Best Buy if that's not you. You know what I mean? A real G is going to accept you for who you are. And that's who Pee Wee always was. Pee Wee always accepted every G for who they was. I hung with different levels of Gs. And they might have not been a G physically where they would go out and ride and shoot people in the street when we needed to. But he was smart and he was strategic. And he knew that. He just had the education to know how to get people out of prison. It's just something that we might have needed at the time. He just taught he just taught us how to be more mental than anything and less physical because war is mental. It's not physical. And that's where a lot of people get it misconstrued. I've won many more I've won many more wars before I even fought them. 
You know what I mean? Because I, I just was able to deal with men mentally and know what their next move was going to be. And that's just what it's about. You know what I mean? I want to get in your pee. How did you, how did you like exactly like, cause I know you was, a, you was a rocker street ball legend, but how did you really like get into basketball seriously? Well, when I was a kid, basketball was my first love, you know, and basically I was gifted and I recognized that gift and a lot of other people did. So when I was like 12, 13, 14, people were saying things like, wow, that kid's going to be a professional player there. That kid, he's going to be a pro. And I and I'm and the sacrifice. I ran every day. I didn't play basketball. I ran ten miles every day. I loved the game. I mean, and I had a lot of girls, but I loved the game. They was always around me, following me. They with me. I'm going to games with five, six, seven women, but I loved the game more than them. You understand what I'm saying? And then when necessity, the reality of life, getting caught in that trap, that thinking that other game is going to change something. The minute I got involved in that game. I committed myself to that game. That's how. How did, how did you? How did you get caught exactly? Like, how did you? Did it come from snitches? Did it come from just the police investigating and just noticing that you was just the first case? richer than most people? Well, shoot, they really noticed I was richer than most people <laughs> for sure. But my that first case I caught was conspiracy out mm-hmm. of a state, Boston. I'd never been there before in my life. Yeah, never been to Boston before in my life. They arrest me in New York on the fugitive warrant. That's when I tell young people, don't ever think that law enforcement is fair because it's not. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? When the DA said we want them, like it's by any means necessary, they're going to bring you in by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So my case was supposed to be about me being in the state I've never been in before in my life. Some people on the 26th floor in a, a hotel were supposed to be looking down, and I'm supposed to be sitting in the car. That was conspiracy. Oh, all right. I see what you see. What I'm saying. So you know, when I went to court, I just testified. Shout out, all free, the free the whole GS nine locked That's, up for conspiracy right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and and, and you know, I mean, it's see, and see, you never those conspiracy guys, is definitely an unfair law, definitely. Because all conspiracy is is knowledge of and young Word people of mouth. don't know that. For instance, if somebody social media, somebody said on social media, man, you know what happened, man? I'm when we run to that guy, man, we gonna ice him. Now, just because they say that to you, if you don't pick up the phone and call the police and say, look, so-and-so just told me they're going to do so-and-so, so-and-so, if they do it, you have conspiracy because you did not call the police. And people don't even understand. That's how deep conspiracy is. Wow. You'll snitch right out the gate. You have to be because if you don't say it, you're part of conspiracy. And people don't know that. You know, so, so it's the law that they usually use to get people when they can't, but now it's a little different. You have that eight forty eight. Well, Bob, well, Bob, well, like with Bobby Schmurter and um and Rowdy Rebel situation, like they got a conspiracy charge, and it's like of all old shootings from last year, two years ago. It's not really a, none of the raps they said that people like they're trying to throw on them. Like, oh, they shouldn't have been rapping about this, but they was had nothing to do with any of the raps. It had to do with stuff that people told them that they did. Like, yeah, see, it's no. It, there's no statute of limitation on them things. Mm-hmm. You see, no statute of limitation on a body. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that. You know, you could be 25, 30, 40 years later. If somebody comes and say, yeah, I remember you did that song. You have the body. You have the murder case right then. There's no bail, no statute of limitation. And what goes on with Sergeant in their case is people hating mm-hmm. and fearing and fear them are just coming forward now, creating different things. He may get a big break. Because a lot of those people that are, are saying things won't 
testify in court. Won't testify in court because they don't want to be known as snitches. That's right. So that's why probably that, that's another big thing in the community right now. There's dudes that snitching, but they don't they don't go to trial, so they consider themselves not a snitch. Like you're still a snitch. Yeah. Regardless, like you you what? still cooperated with the district attorney's office. You still went to the district attorney's office and made a statement. Yeah. What you call this dry snitching? Yeah. You see, they 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 make an agreement that. They'll give information, but they won't go to court. So they take that information, the government, and then once they know four or five people to snatch, they squeeze everybody. Because the new thing in law enforcement now today is to not snatch the guilty person, the innocent person. Because mm. that's serious. Think about it for a minute. Because they figure the guilty person might understand doing 10 to 15 years. But what about that innocent one over there? <laughs> You think he going to do 10 or 15 years knowing he had nothing to do with what they're doing? Exactly. So they snatch the innocent person. He's going to be the first one to cooperate. He's going to be the first one to cooperate. So that's why the game is the game is over. I mean, because, I mean, how can you win? It was a time where you could win because the people that you was in the game with, you felt was thorough enough not to testify against you. But now they just snatch anybody. And it's crazy because I remember back in the days in 04, one of my— he wasn't one of my peoples at the time when he came home, but when he came home, dudes dudes was, like, telling me, like, yo, this dude is ruthless, he's this, he's that, and the third, and I meet the dude, and, like, we chilling, and then the dude was telling me, he was like, he was like, yo, it's a rumor going on, on around me that I got AIDS. I don't know why the people saying this, but he told me a couple weeks later, he said, yo, you know why I know you ain't putting that much work? And I said, why you say that? And he said, because nobody said you snitching, you got AIDS, or you a faggot. And I was like, and I was mad confused. Like, what the fuck do you mean? But I understood years later because what I understood was that when people fear you and they can't do anything towards you, they start making up rumors because that's their only defense towards you. Yeah. So what happened with me in my neighborhood is that um, something happened where where somebody got Somebody got shot, and then they just said that I told on a dude that shot the person for no reason. Nobody mm -hmm. had a reason to say I did that. But they just went along with it and said, Tax did this shit. And, like, it came out, like, two years ago that it wasn't true because the dude got all his paperwork cleared and my name was on nothing. And it was so funny because it was like, damn, so many people glorified how I was snitching on this case. But when it came out that I wasn't, nobody said a word. I never heard it glorified. Tax didn't say anything. I seen no posters, but when it, when it came out that I was snitching on this dude that I was never snitching on or ever did anything towards, it was Tax is snitching. Well, tax is doing this. You know well, what I mean? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If it was real, I didn't know about it. I never even heard about it. Ex so, when they, <laughs> when they, so when they start them type of rumors, they started, that's like the kitty club and the girls club. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They started in their own little fan club. They don't bring it to an OG club. So I never even heard what he's saying right now. Exactly. And I know if it was true, I'd have heard it. See, See? The, the thing is, what I try to explain to a lot of people, like, I'm on social media, but, like, most of my friends aren't on social media. Like, my immediate friends aren't on there. Even when they hear I'm on social media, they be like, yo, what the fuck was you doing on this? Or you said this, or what do you... And it's like, it's so far-fetched to them because these dudes had natural life yeah and was let go from prison because the police officers that was on their case falsified so much evidence that they had to come home mm -hmm. so when it's like my best friends have were just sentenced to natural life in the feds in 76 years in the state and i've been in cases with these dudes and they like well you ain't tell on this well you could have got a 20-year break they like mm -hmm. i know you ain't tell on this you understand what i'm saying yeah so when it all came out it was like it was cool 
that it came out that I wasn't telling, but I just felt bad that I was like, damn, it really shows you that people will spread the negative about you because they don't like you. Well, and, what it tells you is what I just told you. The game is over. It's over. Because anybody, anytime somebody can be thorough, do their bed, do their time, and ride or die in the street and don't disrespect their manhood, and then some bunch of weaklings can spread a rumor like that and almost have to cause you your life or make you turn yeah, it up. Yeah, because I situation. put in a lot of pain to maintain my name. Like, yeah. People don't know that. Like, I really saying. did that. Like, yeah, but but guess what it did? I'm going to show you the other thing it did. It educated you. Definitely. And it made you realize that, you know what, this game is never going to be as true to me as I am to it. Exactly. And yo, yo, and that's where you stepped in at. Like, uh, most of the things that people ever taught me stepped in in my, in my cell in, in Southport, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Pee-wee predicted so much of this shit and told us exactly what was going to happen. It was almost like I can't even go against nothing he ever said. He predicted this shit years before it ever happened. Even even to the point where I said, Tex, you can figure it out now or figure it out then. But guess what? You're going to figure it out. <laughs> You're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. You see what I'm saying? Because when you get in them joints and you and, 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 and God saying everybody over here, uh, uh, chow. Bedtime, lights out, shit. You ain't saying, fuck it, don't turn the lights out. Shit, I ain't turn the shit out. You turn the damn lights out and you're going to sleep. Turn the motherfucking lights out. So you can turn the shit out in the street. The same way you can figure it out in there, you can figure it out here. The only difference is you can can figure it out in there. In some joints, you can still get killed. Because a lot of things going in joints you might not be a part of, but it can still cost you your life. Mm Mm-hmm. But out in the streets, you figure it out and your life starts moving in another direction. And then you're still going to have to deal with See, I just went through so much, and because I was that top guy, and because I went to the maximum security prisons, federal, federal prisons, prisons, then all, then everybody, because it ain't like the ground smell with me wasn't just outside of prison; it was in prisons. You see, all over, and guys from years have said, "Man, damn, man, if it don't be for Pee Wee going, man, nobody from New York will be able to go through their Pee Wee and handle stuff the way it did inside." You see what I'm saying? Because the minute I went to prison, the first thing I did was serve notice and put my life on the line. You know what I mean? A young kid, I think it was, uh, I think he was out of Queens that beat him up, beat him real bad. So I just went to God. I said, let me say this to you. The next young kid out of New York that y'all do that to, you're not leaving here. <laughs> and that was it. Church. You see what I'm saying? And that's what, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. You, I mean, you don't get a certain amount of respect because you put your life on the line. Yo, you know what it, I want to ask you? How much? How much did the? How much did the Chicago Bulls offer you for you to turn them down? It was it was uh, forty thousand dollars because they didn't pay that. It, it was more than they, this was in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, no, it was before seventies, seventies, sixties. Yeah, oh. it was more than they gave most people. But the reality was, it. I mean, it wasn't compared to the money that I was dealing with at the time. It was like. What what was the Going comparison to, to the money you was dealing with? That was not money. That was gambling money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, but it wasn't. See, it wasn't the money back then. Back then. Back then, they they said that you know. Well, I know from being around you and uh, you know what I mean. Certain people, y'all had a lot of pickup games in Rucker. What was the games? What was the gambling amounts? And yeah, how I did mean, they I was go? Playing one on one games for ten thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's ten thousand dollars. My bet. And everybody else was betting with David. And this is in the 1960s. $10,000 back then was way different. Yeah, it was way different. We were reading uh, the papers the other day uh, with the Financial Times. It said Pee Wee Kirkland was 
net worth was 40 million, 40 million, his holdings was something else and all. You know what I mean? But they, that's what they knew about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what they knew about. That's what take they knew that, about. Take so, that. But back then, and, and then it's the other thing. Back then it was a money game. Mm-hmm. That been changed. And that's another thing I used to tell you. See, the game then with young people today, they're in a game that even though once you grow in your life and you realize it's the wrong thing to do, period, because ain't nobody dying in the game but the people in your community. Yeah. Once you realize that part of it, the other shocking thing is, what are you in this game for? How many people can you name in that game that really made money in the game? Because it was, it, the game had changed. It was not a money game no more. How you feel about how you feel about the other Harlem dudes? Because you know you one of the dudes is well respected from Harlem as far as the hustlers that been in the street and you know been in the game. How you feel about the other dudes like Alpo and Nicky Bonds and Frank Lucas? Because those dude, those dude, Frank Lucas and Nicky Bonds was like a little bit more from your era. Yeah, they was. They how you was, feel about them? That was my era. See, Nicky, Nicky's a little different. Nicky. Uh, that double life since Nicky had been to prison before. That double life since Nicky got, he would have did it. Mm-hmm. But you know, guys he was involved with, you know, started going out with his wife and and being with his girl and and things like that, and and that caused him to to turn it around. See, I'm from the old school. I mean, you could rape my wife, and you can't get me to snitch. No matter what you do, you, you can't can make me wife. be less than a you man to myself. Can you understand what I'm saying? Whatever it is. When I get out, if I ever get out, I'll handle it. You see what I'm saying? But you can't make exactly. me lessen my manhood. So principles. I principles could, yeah, over so everything. I could, that's right. I could never justify Nicky for what he did. And yeah. I'll pull things like that. I, that's like insane to me. Yeah. For somebody to say, I'm I'm uh So many fucking rappers glorified as dude Alpo and like the things that he did, and it's like they um they almost forget. I'm they just not, leave out the part that he snitched. Like, well, that no, no, that's not. Well, you know what this text? The guys you talking about that that glorify him are the guys who really don't understand that game. Mm-hmm. So if a guy can't say I don't snitch on people, I ain't snitched on nobody, never snitched on nobody in Holland. What are you talking about, Holland? Holland ain't got nothing to do with snitches. Snitch is a universal principle. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? If you snitched on somebody on the moon, you'll snitch. Yeah, and you know what? That's my issue because, like, on social media, like, I'm a, I, I talk a lot on social media, and I'm, like, I'm cool with all them dudes. I'm cool with every dude because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mm. use, I don't give a fuck about geographical placements or where you from. And it was niggas everywhere. In text. Years ago, it wasn't like that. See, yeah. you remember, rap created that, and that's how we destroyed ourselves in the rap game because what we do. And New I York, think that's kind of what destroyed rap. That we started. You got it. That's it. We started separating ourselves. Separating our, what do oh, we're not like the Atlanta dudes, or we're not like the Virginia dudes, or the Maryland, or tech, whoever. Forever, what is the greatest weapon they've been using to hurt any people? Segregation. Divide and conquer. Divide and conquer. So what did we do? Divided ourselves. See, when I was from when, years ago, if you from New York, from New York, the, didn't make no difference what borough you was from. You was from New York. Whatever you represented, you represented New York. Especially See, if your ass got to go to the feds. You better believe it. Then when the rap came. You was a Jersey rapper, Brooklyn rapper, Bronx rapper, Harlem rapper. But when you hear about the rappers in Atlanta, I don't hear nobody say where they live in Atlanta. He's Atlanta rapper. When you hear about them kids out of Chicago, Chicago rappers. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear about them kids in the Midwest, Texas rapper, Dallas rapper. You see what I'm saying? You do not hear about boroughs. We did that. Mm-hmm. And when we did that, 
we weaken ourselves. And what did they do? Because if I say I'm from New York and, and everybody loves me from New York, it's going to be a lot more records they're going to buy now if I say I'm from Harlem, right? So when the guy say, when the rappers down south say, I'm from Atlanta, everybody in Georgia buying his rapper, his music. You see what I'm saying? So we did that to ourselves. Now we got to figure out a way how to get it back. In now it's way. back. Like we got, we, man, yo, 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 Pee Wee, man, there's so many new rappers now. And that's why I've been embracing the new rappers that's coming along in New York because they're not just trying to follow that signature New York sound. They just being they self. And that's what's wrong with a lot of people. They seeing these rappers be they self and they saying, oh, this is a um New York sound or this is a um Midwest sound. Or, it's no sound. We from New York. We from a melting pot. Everybody from different places live here. See, when you say it's back, what you're saying is they done figured out now how to play the game. Exactly. <laughs> Why would you let them do down south music and you sit in New York and you go in the clubs and these radio stations are playing their music, the clubs playing them, and you ain't got no sense to say, you know what, I can do a down south track and kill it. Mm-hmm. And now that's what we doing. Because it's not even a down south track. Yeah. It's a it's a universal track. Yeah, universal we track. From, we from fucking Atlanta. We from we from LA. We you better believe. We from New York. Are New you? York people are from everywhere because it's a melting pot, just like I said. You're gonna have the women that come deal with us from other places. You gonna have the dudes that live out of town that gotta come here because they did a crime somewhere else and gotta go on a run. Or we gotta go on a run to South Carolina, North Carolina, wherever the fuck it might be. Where? We're gonna adapt y'all styles. And that's where our families came from anyway. <laughs> exactly. So but that's what it was before. See, New York was the melting pot. That's mm-hmm. why New York this is New York, New York City so nice. They named it twice. But then we began to weaken the reality. Mostly everything started at one time in New York. The gangster world, the fashion, even right now. New York, even though the rap music is big in certain areas, right now New York is still the biggest market in terms of breaking a rapper. Mm-hmm. Biggest radio stations in terms of breaking a rapper. The problem was we had so many guys in the rap game that basically simply sold out. Mm-hmm. And when I say sold out... The reason New York started getting a bad decision is because, remember in California, if somebody's like gaming them, right? Mm-hmm. You go make some mic tape and sell them on the corner, you might not be on that corner. You might disappear from that corner. <laughs> you see what I'm That's saying? That's a fact. But in, in New York, we allowed that to happen. Yep. And in other states, it didn't happen. So, so many guys were selling so many guys tapes. The market for music didn't exist here no more. You know what else? Though? I'm going to blame that. I'm going to blame that on the government partially because things shifted so fast in New York City once 9-11 happened that the gangsters was confused. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know where to buy Coke. They didn't know what corner to stand on if they could stand on a corner. They didn't know if they should use a phone. 9-11 got serious in New York City. Well, yeah, because that, a lot of that was Giuliani, and he used 9-11 excuses. Giuliani reality was is he wanted to be the big crime fighter. You know what yeah. I mean? And he just let he and he had, and he, he also wanted to fight against Italians because they had the, the stigma against themselves. To say right, I, yeah. my next words was he used to he sent rumors saying if you are kingpin, and the minute you get a flight and get off the plane, you got a case. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean they kept me out of New York for years. Wow. Same thing. You see, till he got out of office mm-hmm. because he all he wanted to be be that guy. You know, and he would. And he threatened Italians, and a couple of them he arrested, but he never really got to the mafia guys. But he wanted to be that that tough guy. 
and nine eleven sort of gave him that podium and that stage and when all he all it really boiled down to is he just was serious racial guy, racist, serious. Mm-hmm. And New York knew that. And now it's starting to come out now with him. You know what I mean? But it was it's a bad situation because New York, and I'll say this, is the racism don't exist it with the people. The racism is just in politics. It ain't the people. You understand what I'm saying? You got more black mixed couples in in New York and in the world than ever before in history yeah. and, and seriously in love with one another. It ain't the people. They have gotten past racism years ago. It's the politics and the people in why do they want racism just in New York? Because they want to divide the people. Divide and conquer. Could you imagine if, if And it's if, to keep that money flowing. They know they know that they know the you know they know the black neighborhoods have the most crime and they have the most crime because they poor. You know what I mean? So like when gentrification takes place and it's and it's white people on one side of Bedford Stuyvesant and there's no crime going on, like we're not surprised. All those dudes on that side of Bedford Stuyvesant have jobs. Yeah. Well, the whole idea is, is about crime is crime is now a business. <laughs> you see, remember I told you, you can't you can't think of crime no mm-hmm. more like crime and say kids in crime. No, you got to think of how much money they making off the crime. Mm-hmm. It's a business. Prison is a business. Selling drugs is a business. Every time you get caught, it's a business. So what do they do now? All the laws change now. It was exactly. a time. It was a time when you could be in a group of people and somebody commit a crime and he go to jail. Now, if it's eight guys and one guy going to bank to rob the bank, everybody else, all seven outside. If even if they kill him in the bank, the guys outside the seven, they got his <laughs> going body. to jail. They got his body. Yeah, that's the fucking game. If he right kills now. somebody, they got whoever he killed. And if they kill him, the seven guys outside got his body. So and that's just it. So that's why they're arresting us eight, nine, 15 guys at a time. And then they, they say, how many people's involved? How many people know about it? For so now, nine. years ago, people went to jail one, two at a time. Now they're going to jail 15, 20. You see these raids, the gang yeah. raids, things like that? All that's about money. The perception is that it's about crime. It's not about crime. Oh, no, we know. I know it's a business. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else knows. Look, look at the shit that Bloomberg does, for instance. Like, a Bloomberg comes into office, and I'm not even going to say Bloomberg might have been one of our best mayors that we've had in a long time for certain things, but he's also been one of the worst for certain things. This dude popped up out of nowhere on a planet and said, no smoking in parks. In New York City pumps. Like, how the fuck do you muster that up? Like, this is the place where people go get their tranquility, where dudes argue with their wife and they say, let me step outside for a second and get a smoke to get a breather. You know what I mean? And you telling this dude now, if he goes in the park to go take a smoke, a quick cigarette break, that he's going to get locked up or get a fine. And it's all about money. It's all about business. It's all about more ways to get fines. They, the bus lane shit. The new mayor. 20 miles per hour. Where the fuck do you get the fastest place on the planet, New York City, to be doing 20 miles per hour? Well, okay. Let me say this. On behalf of the mayor, I'm going to help him out. <laughs> Sex can't see it. Yeah, I what, can't see shit. What, what it really is, is he's he's a man, mixed marriage, right? Yeah. So he's trying to satisfy both people at once. When he says no that. smoking in the park, He's trying to make the parks in New York parks where white people, white families, and white kids can come in the park. So if they bring their kids in the park and it's no ordinance against parking, then the kids are going to have to smell the smoke. And, you know, 
if you can smoke, guess what? You can smoke what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. And, so, and you're not going to stop Weed. that. So he's really trying to just make New York a better place to live for everybody. We understand that, but, but at the same time, as you being a white man and having a black wife and black kids or whatever the fuck it might be, you also do have to understand from both ends. Like, at the same time, it might be kids in the park smoking weed, but guess what? There's a hundred white grown men who are in the park walking their dogs smoking cigarettes. Yeah, but So you're going to tell me these dudes have to get tickets also because of the one or two black kids that might be in the park smoking weed or one or two white kids that's from NYU in the park smoking weed? Well, it all goes back to reality. Where do we, what America is this? This is not black America. Don't kid yourself. We yeah, live in white America. It's not our place. I had this thing? discussion about the Grammys, how like so many rappers and stuff like that was like so torn about the Grammys. Like, why weren't we nominated and this, that, and the third? I'm like, that's not our show. And who gives a fuck about the Grammys? Who gives a fuck about being accepted by them? You know what I mean? If you accept yourself, we don't give a fuck who accept us. Well, it's a system. But but that's because you're speaking for, in, from a perspective outside the system. Those mm-hmm. guys live to an actress. They live to be recognized by the Grammys. And when they're recognized by the Grammys, if you become a Grammy, if you become nominated for a Grammy, then the rest of your career is set because now you, they, you you get more movies. They're paying you more money. Mm-hmm. So it's all a part of the system. You know, me, me. I, I understand see, the financial of, I, game, but it's like if you if 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 you doing it for the culture, as you as you say, you are like you because you're black and you standing up for hip hop. Why do you care if the white people accept us or not in the Grammys? Like, why not make our own show? Why y'all not supporting the BT Awards, even though the BT is still owned by Viacom? You know what I mean? It's like, why are you not supporting that? Go support the local Flatbush Awards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever the fuck it's going to be. If you want to be, you want to be accepted by your own. You, you so in a fight to be accepted by the white people. And I think that's what's wrong with a lot of black people today is that they want to be accepted by what they doing. I don't give a fuck what the white people is doing. Now, I'm a fan of a lot of shit the white people do, but I don't give a fuck. Like, nothing that y'all do is going to move me to make me say, oh, I have to do this or I have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to move on my own pace, my own time, and whatever, the, whenever the fuck I feel like moving. It's not going to be because y'all said this type of comedy is funny or y'all said this is the way that you go about marketing yourself i don't give a fuck what y'all think y'all means everybody not just white people like <laughs> yeah you see now now i'm back to education again the education now let's at, go there we go see tex is at a stage now where he sees things from that perspective and time that perspective is gonna grow because see and i, I was trying to lose that earlier see it ain't the people it ain't the white people in general is trust me, it's not white. The white people in general, text, you know, because mm-hmm. I know more white people that will help you mm-hmm. right now, probably they than I do black. Yeah. So it's yeah. not the white people. It's a system. It's not the the white people. No, but when voting. I when I say white people, I don't. I'm not actually directing it at them. I'm directing it at the black people who's looking to the white people for the approval. But it's not the white people. They mm-hmm. looking for for the approval. It's the people who run the Grammys. And who's that? But those are the people who run the Grammys. Mm-hmm. When you say the white people, people perception strong in fact. And people accept you as saying, 
white people proving black people. That's not what you're saying. Yeah. You're really saying that it's the system of people that run the Grammys that artists should not be capitulating their integrity for to hope that they be accepted by them. They need exactly. to be satisfied that they're accepted by their already Grammy winners already. Mm-hmm. And some of them are triple Grammy winners when it comes to selling their music. So start, I want you to start connecting with breaking things down to its common denominator and, and pointing the finger where it belongs. See, because it's, it's, it's almost like the founders of America. The founders of America, in, in the beginning, black people wasn't considered humans. Mm-hmm. We are three-fourths human beings right now in the Constitution. We still are not considered, even in the Constitution, 100% human. You yeah. see what I'm saying? But the world has changed, and all you got to do is look at us having a black president. We would never have had a black president because it's only 12% of black people in the world mm-hmm. if it don't be for white people and the changes white people have made over the years and years and years. No, to, no, that's a fact. I you agree see what I'm saying? Yeah. So a lot of times, look, look, because the system hides behind white people. And they'll make it look like it's white people, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's just the white people that run the Grammys. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, you see, and that particular group. The politics, I say, the right wing of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Now, look at the right wing Republican Party. And I don't really deal with politics a lot, but we get a black president for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. They commit themselves to never agreeing to nothing that he proposed, right? Mm-hmm. So what does America do? Suffer all them years. Yeah. Black, white. A whole eight and years they, because we don't want to agree with anything the black president has to say. That's right. Whatsoever. So, and it, and it, it all stems back. It all stems back to the toilet bowl. I always go back to this. Toilet bowl theory. All of us you that, that sit on the toilet and our, our dick hang in the toilet water. Y'all got something against us. That's what it is. <laughs> Y'all got something against us because our dick still touch the toilet water, man. Like, Grow up, man. It, it, it's not that deep. You know what I mean? No, but but the truth, but the truth of the matter, the fact of the matter, Texas. Trust me, and you know I'm everywhere around it. All people. Yeah. The white people, tech. It ain't that. It's this. It's the. It's the system that want to make it like that. It's not white people. Trust me, Tex. Oh no, I don't. I don't. I don't think that it's a. I don't believe me. I don't think that it's the whole group of people. I do know that it's a. It's a group of people that's it's, so. The control, the system. The knowledge that they have is from the old school. Yeah. So I can't fault this person for learning this from their grandfather who grandfather might have owned slaves. Yeah. I can't fault you for what you was taught because I was taught a certain way. Mm-hmm. You but know you got mean? people who, grant, who white people, who parents own slaves that marched with Martin Luther King. Exactly. That, that, that gave up their life, that fought, that got hurt, that got bit by dogs, that got cut. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? You have, you have, so many white people that help the civil rights movement reach where it is. So I don't want you to get mixed up to think that white people in America are not your enemy. Trust me, the system, the system that controls people are your enemy. Mm-hmm. White people in, in like, for, okay, you see, look at the rise when you see all these black kids getting killed by the police, right? Yeah. And look at the people marching. White, black, because no, it definitely has to be because it's it's way more white people on the planet than us. That's so right. we we definitely gonna need their help in order to, no, you know, we, we they want to give us their help, mm-hmm. but it's the system that don't want it like that. It's not them that don't want it like that. It's the mm-hmm. system. So 
every, all that. So when you talk about white people, get into the system because it's the the, the incarceration rate. The many white people, ordinary white people going to work and having their life, raising their kids. They're mm-hmm. not sending you to prison. They're not arresting you. I just read an article about a dude that um about a um a a, a, a DA office a D, a DA officer who was who was doing crime in Virginia, and he said that his office told him to never go to the upper-class neighborhoods, where that's, and that's where most of the drugs is being sold. Well, we don't have to talk about He said, about, we can't beat them. Sure, we don't have to talk about drugs. We could, we could break it down. All you got to do is go in any neighborhood in Brooklyn, Bronx, uptown, and go, mm-hmm. and go to an affluent area like downtown Manhattan, and you see the cars parked this far away from a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. No ticket. You go uptown, they park this far That's away from fire hiding. They say, here's a ticket, not 15 feet, $150. Exactly. So those things still exist, but that's that's what you call systematic racism. Mm-hmm. It's not the people. Mm-hmm. It's not the people. Trust me. It's not the people. Because you, you'll find people that will listen to what you're saying and, and, and say, I really respect what he's saying. Because what you're doing, Tex, you're saying the things that need to be said. And I want you to start curving a lot of things you're saying to, for you to be the example. Mm-hmm. I want to put the pressure on you, just like I put it on me. You know what I'm saying? I want you, yeah, I want you to start saying things like, guess what? Prison's over. And before I ever find myself selling drugs again, I'd rather pluck shit out of a dog's ass with a toothpick. I want you to start committing yourself away from the life of crime and saying never again. No, nah, I, I definitely want, like, you know, you know, I'm not be, going to prison like, I woke up fast, you know what I mean? And it was partially because of you, because of having the teachings of you and knowing that they was there. So when I started my prison bid, I was in two, three months and was realizing, you know what I mean? What was real and what was not and what was a facade and what was I taught wrong and, and things of that nature. But at the same time, it also taught me a level of ignorance I think I needed to have. Yeah. In order to survive out here because... It's like you could be taught textbook all day not to do this, not to do that, but it's common sense. The dude with ignorance might win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's the common sense reality. I mean, no school in the world can teach you common sense and, and, exactly. and that mother wit and that gift of gab that you got. You know, I want to natural ask you, intelligence. Yo, how how was how was how so, was oh, I don't want to let you off the hook. Hold your thought. All right. I want you. What's up? I text. I want you to, you know how you feel about your mother. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what you put your mother through. Mm -hmm. I want you to kind of let young people know how you feel about all that you put your mother through, knowing that your mother was always there for you. And now how you feel about that you finally got together. And and that you can't see yourself back in that ever situation because it's never going to be worth it. No matter how much you could handle it, like I could handle it, right? Mm-hmm. I watched so many youngsters in the joint, their mother's having heart attacks, strokes, high That was one of my biggest fears in jail, to see my mother and my aunt die. And that's what I want to hear you talk about. Mm-hmm. See, young people need to understand that, that it ain't just about saying I can handle it. I'm going to be all right when I go to prison. You're not going to be the one suffering. It's going to be the people that don't deserve to suffer that's going to be suffering. Nah, definitely, like, going... Like going to jail alone. My mother coming to visit. I remember my mother came to visit me one time on Rikers Island, and she hugged me, and we, we were sitting there, and I'm talking. I was mad happy to see her because I went upstate, and I didn't get to see her in a little while. She didn't make it upstate yet, and I was talking to her, and she was like, "Yo, what's up?" And then I told my moms, I was like, "Yo, ma, um, 
get ready to leave the visit. And she was like, why? I said, because I'm about to knock this nigga the fuck out. And my mom was like, no, motherfucker. I just came to visit you. You're not going to do that. And I said, yes, I am. I'm going to beat this nigga up, his mother up, and his brother up. And my mother was sitting there looking at me like, no, you not, motherfucker. And I'm looking at her like, ma, yes, I am. Leave the visit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was a situation where I was torn because I'm looking at my mother and she giving me an order. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm used to getting those orders from my mother and respect and obeying them. But at the same time, I'm in prison. And I got to live by the code. And I got to live by the code and the rules. You know what I mean? And this dude that was like on the visit was like a dude that was promoting it. I was snitching in the street. And I was like. I had to see him because I haven't seen him. And it was, and it was the only like, time to get to him. And you know, if you let that time go, this you was the might only not, time. And it. I said, listen, ma, you still going to be my mother after this. Yeah. But if I don't fucking fix this motherfucker, somebody might grab my ass tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? No, you know, I know. And it was a point. It was a point where I had to stand up for a man and be respected or be disrespected and have my mother not like me. Sure. And I chose for my mother not to not like me. At that time, because I said, but respect you, but respect me. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I had to I had to maintain that that respect level. But what I tell people all the time is like I had a discussion with one of my little men's not too long ago. And I told him he, he had got shot. And I said, listen, man, you don't you don't let the streets dictate what you're going to do. You don't let the streets tell you, oh, he's pussy. He didn't shoot back because soon as you shoot back and you shoot somebody, the first thing the streets going to say is. He's stupid. He shouldn't have shot back so fast. He should have waited. You don't let the streets dictate your movements. And that's what happens with most well, most of us at that age. We allow the streets to dictate what we do. So we feel like, let's say, for instance, your mother gets slapped. God forbid you're going to want to go out and kill somebody immediately. Is that the smartest move? No, it's not. It's more smarter to let him ride and let him get away with it for a little while and let other things occur in his life and then kill him. But... Okay. No, no, no. Go, 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 go back. Well, I gotta no. no I gotta keep it up because I always want to. I always want listen. This is tax season. I always want to want to try to be strategic about y'all murders. You yeah. understand? No, yeah, but let me say this here about y'all murders. What you don't, what you want to do is put yourself in a position to understand that 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 life is real, and every time you take somebody's life. Mm-hmm. You put yourself in a position for somebody to open up the door and take your life, open up the door and take your daughter's life, open up the door and take your mother's life. It, the reasons young people kill each other today are, are ridiculous. And and guess what? The only reason you get away with doing it because you're only killing black people. Because if you was killing white people, you'd go outside the house and you'd see the National Guard sitting there. <laughs> and it's saying Damn. on a loudspeaker saying, all y'all just walk, get in line and just keep walking and get in the van as you walk. Because they wouldn't have it. But, but because it's just black death is socially acceptable and we accept in, this, in society we live in. Damn. When I, one thing that made me different from the mafia and people in the game is I never not turned it up when it comes to. You know, Pee Wee had an influential part in the Diamond District also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? In the Flirt District and every other district. The, the Flirt District, that's a fact. Finance and every one of them. many furs at young ages. But the reality <laughs> is, is the one thing that made me different from other guys in the game is I never thought money was worth taking somebody's life. Because mm. I always knew and understood that dead people can't pay. And if you stay alive, see, I ran the game I was in like a Fortune 500 company. And when guys made mistakes like that, it was a write-off. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But you don't take people's lives. And that's part of the game that young people don't understand today. Because Italians wasn't killing Italians. Jews ain't killing Jews. We the only people in the world that look at a crime game and all of a sudden start killing one another. And yeah. and when you and when you look at it, we the only ones doing it and killing each other and trying to justify it. So when you be speaking text, this is where you have to understand because you talk about conspiracy, right? Yeah. Just saying something on air like you guys be careful with your and somebody go out and say I heard him he said that and I understood what he meant and I mm-hmm. it's conspiracy you see what I'm saying so you gotta always want to know that you want to tell young people that guess what the success thing is fate and the success thing is karma and guess what don't think that you can take one somebody's life you're going to live the rest of your life waiting for somebody karma to take your life back. Karma is definitely real. Karma is definitely real. If I don't know nothing about life, I know that karma is real. So make them I've un- done things to people, and things have happened to me within 24 hours that was unexplainable. But they was explainable. Later on, I sit back and I say, that was the karma. That was the karma. Now, let's go back. So we know, Tex, we don't want to ever, ever, ever justify any young person taking another young person's life. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to promote us killing each other because the only lives we're taking is our lives right the other thing is your mother mm-hmm. i want you to get back to your mother i mm-hmm. want you to tell because there's nothing in the world i love like i loved my mother but it, i hurt my mother That's in the worst you, kind of ways it's something that Pee Wee always spoke about me about and it's another thing that touched me in jail when i was in the box and just sitting in my mother coming to visit me and can't come visit me certain weeks because i got into trouble and beat my bunkie up shit like that and I remember Pee Wee always stressing about his mother. He always said, like, yo, man, if I could do it all over again. You know what I mean? Sure. And because, I always think about that. like, And because even when we talk about Illuminati, the thing we have to understand is, it. do you do anybody here realize that the first person, because Illuminati and hip-hop, the first person you turn against is your mother? All the young kids you know, why is it the first person they turn against their mother? Because everything comes from your mother. Don't be for a mother in this world. Women bring the world, plentify the earth. Don't be for mm-hmm. one, wouldn't be no earth. That's a fact. All them principles, all them morals, all the best part, the manhood is going to come from the father. But all the morals, the integrity, what makes you a man to your children, all that comes from your mother. So when hip-hop causes these young people to turn against their mother, the minute you do that, you are totally out of control. Mm-hmm. Totally out of control. Because your mother was always that thing that made you maintain control. I mean, all my life, I got a wife I met 30 years ago, and I've been trying to find a wife like my mother all my life. I met her. She was in Brooklyn, Stair City, on the phone at a friend of mine's house. And I'm in Las Vegas. I talked to her on the phone. And I said, this is it here. Just talking to her. (laughs) She she came to Vegas and visited. Three days later, we was married, brother. Three days later. Because that's what we was used to. See, because our mothers was always so much. Yo, how do you person Pee Wee? Not the. How do you maintain marriage after all these years? After all them years of having seven wives. <laughs> you see Damn. what I'm saying? Yeah, and 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 and, and by name, not legitimate, but by name, they mm-hmm. all was Kirkland and was okay. But then when I did that last ten years, I cut all that off mm-hmm. because I said, you know what? Ain't what no was sense. different? What well, was, what well, was different? What was different is I knew I didn't want them to wait that bid when I didn't know what I was going to do when I came home because I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. So I just ended all the relationships. I mean, you can't keep going away. Women waiting 15 to, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I ended the relationship. 
Now, when I was away, that's when my mind started going to that next level. I fasted for about there, about seven, eight straight years. You know what I ate all them years? What I ate every day? <clears throat> this is going to blow your mind. A, a, a large cup of granola and apple juice. That's it. Damn. That's it. That might be all why you're still alive right now, man. <laughs> it, it probably is, but it took my mind to a higher level of consciousness. All of a sudden, things just started becoming clear. And so when I see hip-hop and things like that today, sure, I see his value. But at the same time, I mean, when Jay-Z make a record called Big Pimpin', right? And everybody, and it ain't Jay-Z's fault. You see what I'm saying? Because Jay-Z is a rapper like every other rapper. He just make a rap song. What mm -hmm. you do when you listen to it is on you. That's why we used to tell people at School of Skills, listen to it, get something from it, but don't become it. Yeah. So the reality is, is he make a record, Big Pimpin', and everybody in the hood, these kids riding around on bikes, checking their traps. They did take the little girl in the hood that want to ride or die because she loved them to death, and they want to make a prostitute. Mm -hmm. What did J.D. do? Jay-Z, go get married to Beyonce. So mm -hmm. you see what I'm saying? So that's why you yeah. can't listen to music. Do you know we the only people in the world that do that? Over in China, they don't do it. White people in America don't do it. Jewish people in America don't do it. Indian people in America don't we the only people, black people in America, that listen to rap music and wake up the next morning and say, I'm a gangster. Yeah, but you, I'm you, a drug dealer. You know what? I, I I thought about that before also while sitting in the box in prison, and I, and, I, and I came to the conclusion that we don't have many leaders. Who are we going to look up to? Al Sharpton? Yeah, yeah. Well, Who the fuck we going to? Al Sharpton? We can't look up to Al Sharpton. Well, because, yeah, yeah, because Sharpton is, Sharpton is basically with civil rights. And, and what's going on in the streets is the the fact that there's no rights, no equal rights, no parity whatsoever. So it's like you, you're you in the jungle. You understand what I'm saying? So therefore, yeah, no, because no, it's no leaders. You just have to you, turn it to God. You understand what I'm saying? And, and just get that divine guidance and pray. But you got to commit yourself. That's what I want to hear from you. No, I don't want to get I'm, off this I'm radio station. Now. Yeah, but I want to hear you say while I'm on this radio station, that the game is over. Nah, the game is over. And I want to hear you say, oh, text, you got it. Mm -hmm. Text, look at Now, you know, I'm never, I'd rather stay in jail and never come out before I violate being a man or anybody mm -hmm. disrespecting as a man. I'm not asking you to sit here and say you're going to let anybody disrespect as a man. I know that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to get you to say on air to all your listeners so they can understand yeah. that every time you come on this radio, that no matter how the message sound, it's always going to be a positive message because you have learned your lesson. Oh, it's, it's, You have learned your that's, lesson. That's without a given. It's always a positive message in, in anything I say, and regardless of how aggressive or negative it might sound, it's always a positive message at but the I end. But I want to hear Because I've been through it. <laughs> what I'm saying right now. So you keep saying you keep saying it indirectly. Yeah. I'm saying I want to hear you say mm -hmm. that you know God has blessed you because you're not supposed to be alive today. I you know, know God. I know. I've got shot in the face. You know I know you're not supposed to be alive today, right? Yeah. So now if God kept you alive, it's a reason. And I want to hear you tell your listeners mm -hmm. that because you know what God has done in your life, he made you understand your purpose in life. And your purpose in life now is to say whatever you need to say to any young person, bar race, creed, or color, if it can help them not live the life you lived or go through the things you went through. 
That's, that's what I want to hear you say, because that is what's going to make people attract themselves to you. Because mm -hmm. if they people, if people get confused when I was dealing with you and raised you, were you ever confused about me going back in the game? Hell no. That's all I'm saying. And I don't want people to be confused about you going back in the game that's for for them and for yourself. See, because until you say it ain't going to happen, you're vulnerable for it to happen. You see what I'm saying? You got to say that, Tex. You know it's, I mean? it's, it's, it's not going to happen unless imminent violence is amongst me. I, I, you know what I mean? Like It's nothing they could they could drive me away from doing positive but violence, but people, somebody trying to harm me and me trying to protect myself because I'm going to protect myself by all costs. Then use the word that people understand in our society, self-defense. Self-defense. You're not going to initiate the violence. Never. Because you was an initiator. I was a bully. I keep trying to tell people sure. this is how I got shot. I bullied a person for years. Yeah. And bullied people. One day, bu yeah, I bullied and a lot groups. of people. In groups. And, and, and yeah. scared the shit out of them. <laughs> groups. And many groups. In many groups. That's and right. many sets. Exactly. Many crip sets, you blood sets, whatever you could think yeah, of. I was say, bullying them. They say they're over there. Text it where they at. <laughs> Everybody's still standing. Text over there looking for them. Yeah. It was... Believe me, it took a long time to get here to this point to where I could realize that that bullying ain't ain't the way. And this is why a lot of people, a lot of people like this in New York City, they look at me and they say that I bully Troy Ave, but um, I only give Troy Ave what he what he brings out. I see him bully a lot of people that I see don't want to fight, and I don't like that. I don't like people that pick on people that don't want to fight. I've done that, and even when I got shot. A year later, after I, I realized that bullying people wasn't right, the dude that I the dude the dude that shot me, I used to bully him for yeah. years. So when I got shot, I wasn't surprised, but I wasn't fascinated by it either. I still was on some shit like I'm gonna get this motherfucker. You understand what I'm saying? But I understood. But I say that to say this: you can't bully people that don't want an issue. We ran down on a rapper at South by Southwest that was talking shit a couple different times and, and doing certain things. And I'm not going to say his name, but we ran down on his ass and they wanted nothing. And when they didn't want nothing, I said, okay, it's over. God bless. It's nothing else to discuss because I won't ever give this type of aggression to somebody that doesn't want it. Right. And you know, the key word, that's bullying. That's right. And the key word that I want you to, to learn and use in given situations to stop a lot of things because now that brain is working out. Mm -hmm. See, it ain't just it ain't just your heart. It ain't just that fire. Your brain is working. The word I want you to use in situations, it ain't that serious. You're right. And it's, it's, it's not, not that serious. It's That's not. right. And then when you say it's not that serious. Chris Morrow told me last week, he said there's no slapping in podcasting. I didn't know that until yeah, he told right me. There. I was planning on smacking a couple of you motherfuckers. I'm like, right, I'm going to smack him. I'm going to smack him. I'm going to smack the shit out of him. And I'm going to smack the shit out of him. Yeah. Chris Morrow was like, tax, it's no slapping in podcasts. And I was like, oh, shit. Sure. All right. All right. Yeah. Cool. That's what I'm saying. He needed to tell me that, though. Oh, yeah, he needed <laughs> because you're still growing. And you're, yeah. in a, you're in another industry now. And that's why I said, said the things I said, because I want to see you take this. I don't want to see it be here and stop here. You see what I'm saying? I want to see you take it to another level. And it only gets to another level when you're saying things to people that they say, well, man, I, well, I really respect him for what he's saying. Man, I really, I can really feel where he's coming from. You know what I mean? So you use the things that happen in your life to make people have a better life, to make them not be involved with that. Definitely. I, 
And let me now, tell you I always I'm, give those teachers. People, right now, I'm young. I'm, I'm only about to be 30 this year. People been calling me a preacher for almost four years now. Like, what are you, a preacher? You're always trying to preach to people. But it's because I've been through so much so young, people don't understand. And I've been raised by dudes that been through so much so young that even though I've went through certain things and I had to learn on my own, I learned a lot from them, from their experiences, and just seeing the pain that they might have went through through shit. So when I speak on certain things and people be like, yo, you feel like you got an old soul or it's because of the dudes that raised me. I was I was raised by Pee Wee Kirkland. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Pee Wee Kirkland is an OG. Like, he's he he went he had, his crimes are noted back to the 60s. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. this is not the 80s. I was born in the 80s. You know what I mean? So this is a dude that I was around in my early teens. And he's trying to keep up, keep us on the right track, and I'm still doing wrong at the same time, but still trying to stay right on the right track. You know what I mean? So it's like at the same time, I had this dude torn. He keeping us on the right track. Here, we going here. We going here to do this. We going out of state to do this. You know what I mean? We meeting up with this rapper. We meeting up with this rapper. And at this time in my life, I thought I was a rapper. You know what I mean? But I had realized that I was too real of a dude to be a rapper. More of a gangster. I was way more of a gangster. Couldn't I could se- not be a rapper. Couldn't separate. Couldn't separate the rapper from the gangster. I couldn't separate it. He couldn't be happy. He, I mean, he had fire as a rapper, yeah. but he couldn't separate it. See, he had the, you like the rappers, rap about the gangster, he couldn't be satisfied rapping about it. He had yeah. to be about it. You know. Yeah, that was the difference. And, like, that's why I preach so much, and a lot of people don't understand where it come from. And that's why I brought Pee Wee on this episode. I was I mean, I got to bring Pee Wee on. So he could like speak to people and people can understand where I'm from and understand exactly where he's from for the people that don't know. Cause I know it's a lot of new internet people that just turned 18 that probably never heard about Pee Wee Kirkland. And, and he's you know, one of the influ- most influential dudes in New York City, period. Cause he's one of the only dudes that's stuck by the code. You know what the blessing is to me? Seeing you in that chair with that mic and not in the wheelchair. I knew that though. That's right. I that's knew that. Serious. I you knew mean, that without even speaking to Pee Wee. I just it. knew. Oh, speak. I said I already know Pee Wee proud of me because he know what it could have been. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he knew what it could have been. So that's why I was just proud of just speaking to Pee Wee and just be like, "Yo, Pee Wee, come on the show and like fuck with me and like, cause I know Pee Wee knew yeah. it was days where we went to school at scales and my my hoodie smelled like gunpowder. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was and we actually, knew shit went down. It was other people that went to Pee Wee and told Pee Wee like, listen. Tax just did this the other day. You know what I mean? And it was evident. You know what I mean? So that's another reason why I brought him on because I just wanted to get people a little bit more familiar with me and just a little bit more familiar with my upbringing and, and why I think the way I think. And your spirit, man, and, and the change, the change, the change, the change that you have made. So you have made tremendous changes, but you can't fight those changes. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, see, you know, God knows what we know not. See, you could be, you, you see guys like Malcolm and guys, they don't come from no place. They come from youngsters like you who had that fire, who've been through things, who know both sides. You understand what I'm saying? But at mm-hmm. some point, you got to get to the side that's having a greater impact for the greater good in people's lives. And when you get to that part, because you're the, you, you're the same person, but I was that person, remember? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I couldn't, but it's funny, guy from... Uh, uh, the largest network in New York City told me the other day, he said, you know, the reason we want to do content on you, he said, because nobody sees you as the person you was before. Nobody will even accept you as that person you were before. 
And I know that's because I have had such an almost unbelievable impact in so many young people's lives all over, especially through the prison. That's you know, I used to write them magazines, man. Do the cover fed magazine and see Ludacris and Ludacris say, hey, man, guess what? Man, that that magazine, period, I read it. He on air when he saw me in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He said, man, it, it turned my life around completely, man. Mm-hmm. And so many guys, that magazine, it costs $5 in New York City. It's selling for $1,000 on the shelf in Vegas. <laughs> but look how many people in prison who lives impacted. Me and Pee was on a train station one guy one day, and the guy stopped me. He said, Pee, you don't even know, man. If my wife was here, she cried. I said, why is that? He said, man, because when I read that fed magazine, I told him on the phone, I'm finished with the game. Mm-hmm. He said, how you going to tell me you got a daughter? And I've been trying to tell you for years to get out the game. You're going to tell me you read a magazine some man wrote you never even seen in your life, and you finished? You think you I'm going to believe that? Mm-hmm. He said, I've been out for seven years, Pee Wee. I said, man, let's take a picture so she'll know that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you really did talk to me again after that. You know yeah, what I mean? That's real. But but and that's what I live for. That's the only that's that my life serves is synonymous with my purpose for living. I don't want That's what I live life. for now. Like my, my whole purpose right now, I, I just try to get I try to get artists that's popping and I feel like I have talent and I try to push them as far as I could because I think the crab in the barrel mentality was installed in our community so much. Sure. That even the the our parents live by that and they don't know it. You know what I mean? So like for instance, it's an artist named Manolo Rose. He was coming out and he had a like a dope record called Run Ricky Run. And when I heard it, I looked him up and then I seen he had a record with Troy Ave, the dude that I don't like. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh shit, I'm not promoting this dude record because he's cool with Troy Ave. Yeah. And then I heard the record for two more days and then I was like, I love this record so much I have to promote it. Yeah, where's Troy Ave? I don't know. I don't know what Troy Ave. He ain't on Troy Ave. I know that. Is he still alive? I don't know. He's still alive? Does anybody know? I don't know. Nobody nobody listens to Troy Ave, man. We don't know if he's dead or alive. Yeah. yeah. But um, the thing is, the thing is with Manolo Rose was that I was skeptical about working with him because I was like, I'm not going to do work with him and he works with Troy Ave. Yeah. I didn't want to help nobody to work to Troy Ave. And then I sat there and I was like, I can't do that. No. This record is hot. That's right. I have to let people know about this. And, and I- plus, you always want text. You're a big person. Mm-hmm. You always want to be the bigger person. Yeah. That's why I said, where's Troy Ave? I mm-hmm. mean, whatever's going on, I'd like to sit down and talk to Troy Ave and sit down and talk to you and them together because th- you don't want to ever have that type of energy. Troy Ave don't want to talk to me. He's pussy. He may want to talk to you if he talked to me. Maybe. Yeah, but he's soft. This dude has an ego problem. Like this dude is so egotistic that it's like he's not even a man because he deals with so much female emotions that he could like even if I did say, "Oh, let's sit down and let's talk," he could, he couldn't do it because he has so much of an ego. He feels like whatever the people, the well, the people, the people. Well, you've been dis. I have to do this, so I have to move like this. Like he's he's ran by the street still. He's ran by what people say. Is he still in the streets? No, he never was in the streets. Oh, I got you. And this is the conflict with him. This is why I ended up with the conflict with the dude because I was like, yo, nobody knows you for being outside. Like, we all from Brooklyn, so it's not hard to call a couple different people and say, yo, have you, do you know this dude or have you heard about him? Have he sold you a brick? Has he done anything? Has he gotten a scuffle? And so when people don't know this dude and then I say, yo, no, nobody know this dude in Brooklyn and then I start promoting a dude like Bobby Schmurter, this. 19 or 20 and everybody knows him 
And it's such a confusion. They're like, wait, well, why nobody know Troy Ave? And it's like, well, go to Troy Ave and ask the dudes on Troy Ave if they know Troy Ave. And the dudes on Troy Ave don't know him. I see what you're saying. He's so, basically perpetrating. Yeah, he's perpetrating a fraud. So that's another reason why he don't want to speak to me. And you know that's why I always had issues in the street because I always oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, would expose a dude for what he yeah. really was. Like, if you if that's you, that's you. If it's not, it's not. And that's how I'm going to just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Expose it. And that's just, that's just what it is with him. So... It's like he's such a dude that's trying to create this image of the street persona of I sell bricks out of backpacks and um whatever the fuck else that he does. And he want people to believe it. But it's like the people in Brooklyn, we know you. We don't believe you because it's a 16 year old right here that's on Instagram that's driving a Ferrari and sold a brick to somebody two weeks ago that we know about. But we cannot find one person in the world you know what I mean? That you sold drugs to. So when we sit there, it's like, and you know the conflict is about the keeping the real syndrome. One of the yeah. shit, things that you taught us from younger. Yeah. You always said, don't get caught up in that keeping it real syndrome. Yeah. And that's one thing that I learned. Like if I wasn't a part of it or I wasn't down with it or I wasn't even with having energy for it, I'm not going to act like I was down with it. But, but Schmurda, right? Yeah, Schmurda. He's the one to focus on, you know, because he the one that, that needs the people's love and he the one that... I, Boy, remember I told you, I was so sorry I didn't get to talk to him. Remember, I said because I wanted because I you know I knew it was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I just I just didn't know how to get to him, and see that's what I want you to become that person. Mm-hmm. That when you see a rapper out of Brooklyn get that break like that, mm-hmm. you be that guy that could get to him and talk to him. Yeah, and that's that's what I've that's what I've done lately. Now, I wouldn't know him by his face. Well, every with every rapper that's coming out of Brooklyn, I know them. I know what they go. I know what they're doing. I know what's going on with them. I'm in tune with what's going on with them. Like I know every every rapper that's coming what, out of what's Brooklyn. What's going on, Uncle Murder? Uncle Murder, Uncle Murder's still working. We just seen Uncle Murder in Texas at the um in the liquor store okay. at South by Southwest. Uncle Murder's still working. Okay. But you know, it's about the new generation. Uncle Murder's yeah. been working for a long time. It's about the new generation. You got so many. Different people coming up. You got Big B's coming up out of Brownsville. You know what I mean? You got the dudes from the 90s. You got Kamikaze Ka, Mook Moolah. It's just different dudes that's coming up that's really working. You know what I mean? Young Letho that's down with Troy Ave. That part I love. But the reality is, is it's the old heads in the game that ain't, it's like that won't part the Red Sea. That's holding on. And as long as they don't want to let the new dudes in. And And that's where I come in at because I've been like, I feel like I'm at this like battle by myself against a whole bunch of old dudes. And it's not like trying to like shun them because they old, but that's what it comes to the point is, is that all these dudes have been in the game for years, but they don't want to allow us to flourish and let us in. They won't let the new heads in. So exactly. how they, they won't let the new heads in. They, they, they hogging up all the air, air, the, the air the radio time. Air they, time. They, they 46 years old with braids. Yeah. You got to let still. go. And they don't want to let none of the new cats in that's 19. Yeah, you got to let it go. You know what and I mean? It's 20, it's 22 to 23. Like, let them in. Yeah, New York is never going to come back as long and unless and until them older guys start opening up the door for the younger guys. But you know what it is? Even with they radio. They money in them. They snatched them little kids like Lil Wayne in them when they was Yeah, younger. they were smart. Yeah, smart. That's what they smart. They stayed in, but they snatched that other breed. It's yeah. sad that so many other labels don't see that. And they don't see what happened with Young Money. They they went and snatched these they young new artists. They sat at these young these guys in New York mm-hmm. that's got them names. Yeah. Even Jay Z. I mean, Jay Z mm-hmm. is is the is is the I remember one time I had 
was on DVD. I, I had met Murder, remember? And I said, you know, I don't understand. Somebody need to Jay-Z, especially need to try to get his kid a break. And then the guy came to me a couple months later. He said, man, Jay-Z did give him a break. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I said, I was glad to hear that. But, you know, I don't see Jay-Z all the time. But if I see Jay-Z, Jay, because the thing about it is you are Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. He is Brooklyn. You understand what I'm saying? And and he is like a dynamo. So Jay-Z would have to be the person that could lead that. Just say like the cashman, he could lead that. And because then that would be Jay-Z giving something, giving some, a little something back to Brooklyn from what Brooklyn gave him. Because don't mm-hmm. be no Jay-Z, don't be, for, don't be for Brooklyn. It's about Brooklyn. You see what I'm saying? So now, but I don't think, I don't think... He's around people and nobody, he's not around nobody that will sit down and talk to him about that, mm-hmm. like that, that kind of way. But he is the one. I mean, because he's, he's 800-pound gorilla in the game. Let and me, if, he, if he wasn't, his wife is the other half of it. Yeah, so them fact. two together, my contention always was that they would be the ones that would bring the younger people in in the game. If you, could, if, you could give, if you could give advice, if you could give advice to like any of the young dudes that's hustling or young females, because there's a lot of females that hustle and do crime out there too. Like, oh, you know, I know it. What would be the, what would be the end, the end statement for it all? Well, the end statement for it all, it would probably begin with just understanding your value, because until you understand your value in life, nothing's going to change. It's going to be a whole lot easier for you to take somebody else's life when you don't understand the value of your own life. The minute you start valuing your own life, then things begin to change, especially for the young ladies. See, it's all right to be, to, to who's going to tell you not to love the guy you would? Who's going to tell you not to be involved with ride or die not be there for him? But young ladies, when I speak to them, I tell them, understand your power because you have a lot of power. And if a guy is trying to make bad moves and you know deep down inside that you don't want to spend the rest of your life in the visiting room. If you know deep down inside that you don't want to have a child in the visiting room, in a trailer. If you know deep down inside that you don't want to be gray-headed, talking to the same guy, then you got to figure out a way to sit down and talk to him and say, this is not the kind of life I want to live, sweetheart. This is not what we want to do. I don't know that many guys, in all honesty, that want to go away and don't have a boo sending packages. <laughs> that's a, a fact. A boo that they can't talk to on the phone. A boo that's not writing them letters. I just, I just had this discussion like on Instagram. I was telling the dudes, I said, listen, a whole bunch of y'all be doing crimes and hanging and, and, and giving the fruits of your labor to women that won't even come visit you in prison. I seen dudes that have 30-something girls in the street go to jail and not have one. And it's because they didn't show that love to the one girl that might have had that love for them. And that's what I'm saying, because what's going on is guys now, instead of looking for that that that, that girl that, that liked them for who they are, they're looking for the girls that like them for what they have. Exactly. And guess what? And the ones that like you for what they have, the minute you go away and don't have nothing, they, they liking the night they next guy for what he have. For you what see? he had. Yeah, you know, and and it, that's, that's another discussion I've been having lately. I said it's a whole bunch of dudes that try to consider themselves kings, but you're dealing with peasants. Yeah. Only a peasant is gonna be glor is gonna feel, you know what I mean? Is it, gonna look at something that somebody has and say, Oh, that makes them them. That doesn't make no, a no, person. No, 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 no. That's uh what you have is what you have. Who you That's are it. is who you are. And if if you're about who you have, you ain't about nothing. You gotta be about who you are. And when you think about a woman, you gotta find a woman that's about who she is, so you know she's about who you are. 
Because exactly. if not, it's not real. Real recognize real. I don't understand why a guy, why would somebody ever want a woman that care about them for the jewelry they have or the car they're driving? Exactly. That's insane. I just that? had this discussion earlier. I said, yo, it's dudes who is, is cert- I said, don't ever trust a dude to put his watch face in every picture. Because it's these dudes now, like, it's almost equivalent to the girl that's wearing the thong on Instagram. They try to squeeze their watch face in every picture. But that watch face is only for peasants. That's a peasant exactly. female is going to look at that and say, oh, I'm going to talk to him because of that watch face. And that's what you're trying to attract. That's what you're going to attract. Sure. Because ain't no queen don't give a fuck that you have a a a a a a, a 2002 Audemars. None of they that matters. They don't give a fuck. None of that matters. That shit is not going to move her. No. You understand? Because she understand what a king is. And, and it, I think king. I feel like dudes that you try to make yourself like you're a king, but you turn it right around and make yourself a peasant in the and, same breath. And kings are born. That's a fact. Kings are born. You know, every man is not going to be the same man and every woman is not going to be the same woman. So if you know you're a man on a certain level, you have to find you a bull on that level. That's a fact. You know, you can't. You can't. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. They keep fucking with homeless women. Yeah, that's right. 100% 100%. You find a woman that's 10%, you're missing 90%. That's what's up. But I think sometimes in this era, guys are more interested in the girl that's on a video and the girl that's on a, a Housewives of Atlanta or... The, or the strippers and it's mm-hmm. I mean women gotta do what they gotta do to survive I don't knock what women do to survive I understand that that's a fact but you but you gotta know what kind of woman you wanna be dealing with mm-hmm. so if it, it don't make a lot of them not be real but if a woman especially in the crime game if a woman wants to be involved in the crime game I'm from the old school that means she wanna commit crime Mm-hmm. But if you can tell me you want to be in the crime game and you don't want to commit a crime, but you want to ride the car, and you want exactly. to live in a beautiful house, and you the want to fake have trap nice queens. Yeah, yeah. I'm that, having this that. discussion: the fake Fetty Wap trap queens, the girls that think they're just gonna be around, ride around you to do whatever, and then as soon as they get arrested, it's a whole different story. It's like, you know what I mean? I'm not the trap queen anymore. But I tell you, what, what the picture, which it was a bigger, what is a bigger picture right now is, in the younger generation is. Young guys today are really making a big mistake not looking for good women, not mm-hmm. looking for decent women, not looking for respectful women, and not looking for women that care about them for who they are. They're making a big mistake mm-hmm. because what's going on is now you got women now. You know, I, Instagram, I don't usually deal with social media, but I said to myself one day, let me just see what this Instagram is about. So I looked at Instagram for about three hours. And you know what I saw? I saw a bunch of women. I saw legalized prostitution because <laughs> everybody I saw on Instagram was trying to profile themselves to set a trap for somebody else. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? I said, what the hell is this here? It blew my mind when I saw it. You know what I'm saying? Because women from the era that I know would never have been going through that. Exactly. And I'm watching the women. I'm saying, what? It's this women that wouldn't even do it. It's watching other women do it, and now they do it because they, they think it's okay. Yeah, they're they, like, oh, this is the way of Instagram. And that's what the trap is. See, now mm-hmm. all of a sudden women, because they really try to try. They say, okay, if he didn't go for it, okay. Oh, I'll take this call. What do you say? Oh, okay, bye. See you later. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, he called. What do you say? Oh, oh you want to take me out? Huh? You want to do Oh, you yeah. want to buy me? Why would you want to buy me these things and you don't know me? Oh, you think you think you'd like me like that? Okay, we can get together. I mean, that's, that's insane. You see what I'm saying? That's it's it's so it's 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 women demoralizing themselves 
to a degree I've never seen in my life because I come out of era where women wouldn't even approach guys. Now they're on Instagram trying to do everything they can to attract not one guy, a hundred. <laughs> so they can put X's next to all the guys' names that don't fit the profile that they're looking for. That's that's not good. Yo, you know. and that's 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 the second episode, tax season. Peter Kirkland, <laughs> Tax Stone, Loudspeaker Network. Thank you. Shout out. We over forty minutes. Holla at y'all. Good looking, y'all. Let 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 y'all.